Welcome to Sovereign Self, weaving spiritual awakening with the fabric of everyday life. Your host is Zofia Renea Morales. We'll discuss and show you how you can achieve the highest potential in your life through divine wisdom and really live. Now, here is your host, Zofia Renea Morales. Welcome back to another episode of Sovereign Self. This is your host, Sophia Renea Morales. And today we are going to ask the question, is being you your greatest gift to the world? But before we delve deeply into that, I would love to invite you to get to know yourself and your true abilities a little bit better. So I created this quiz called the Superpower Quiz, and you can access that. Spend 60 seconds answering some questions and get to know your number one spiritual superpower. You can find that at superpowerquiz.us. That's S-U-P-E-R-P-O-W-E-R-Q-I, sorry, Q-U-I-Z dot U-S. <laughs> the traditional spelling of quiz. Our guest today is Hank Satala, known as the Sonic Shaman. He looks to help people perceive, know, be, and express their unique voice in this world by offering a blend of Peruvian shamanism, sound therapy, life coaching, and more. Hank is a natural-born intuitive, possibly due to a near-death experience at birth. Hank found his unique voice after getting sober over a decade ago and now helps others fast-track their healing and helps them flower their medicine gifts into this world. Welcome, Hank. I'm so happy to have you with us here on this show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm so looking forward to our conversation. Oh, my goodness. Uh, speaking of our conversation, I like to start at the beginning, beginning. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I know a lot of us don't always embrace our gifts immediately or easily. Sometimes we repress or resist them. Uh, what is your story? What was life like before? Well, you know, I've always been intuitive and I've always had a natural ease at handling people. The problem came in high school when you really start to like at one point your 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 parents are in the whole world and everything, and then you start caring what other people think about you. And that's where as an empath and as an intuitive, things kind of go downhill because you're empowering other people's judgments about you over your own knowing of you. Yeah. And oh my gosh. And it, it can be really loud when you're an empath and you're wide open. Right. Well, an empath, it's a beautiful gift, but it's the judgment that gets us. Because if you could be an allowance of everything that you're aware of, it's all smooth sailing. Energy is moving through you, not to you. But then we align and agree with or resist and react to what we're aware of. That's when it kind of locks it into a solidity. And so as soon as, well, that, and I also saw spirits and I had a lot of awareness. And as soon as I could legally drink, I started to try to medicate my gift away. Uh, but of course, uh, that actually makes it worse because just because you're cutting off what you, your conscious awareness doesn't mean that your body's not aware. And well, that's yeah. One and that's one big thing with it is like a, a, a clearing that I often like to run for myself is what am I aware of that I'm not willing to acknowledge that the body is acknowledging for me. And it's just a reminder that, hey, maybe it's better to acknowledge these things and work with them consciously than to pretend they're not there and then let the body deal with it. Yeah, exactly. I, in fact, I was reading a book uh, this morning called Bulletproof, I think was the title. It's from a former like Secret Service agent person who's talking about how to deal with intense situations and stress and, and this kind of thing. And the big point she was making was, it's all well and good 
to visualize amazing, wonderful, optimistic outcomes, but you need to be real about where you're at right now. Right. Yeah. And, and it was really like the trauma and drama that really fast-tracked me. Well, a couple things. One, my partner at the time, she was in Germany and I was here. And she's still my partner today. I should clarify that. But <laughs> it's like, yeah, my partner at the time. But, so, well, she was at the time and she still right. is. <laughs> and she still is. Well, we were high school sweethearts, foreign exchange student, and ah. uh, maintained this like long-distance relationship, which is one reason like when I ended up in rehab, they were putting me in dual diagnosis, which was for like the addiction plus situation. Situational depression. And it was between that, along with working at a call center at the time I did a risk analysis for a bank. And it was mm. like during the hurricane season, and you have these people calling in that have lost everything that, um, that want to pay their bill, but can and being an empath, you're getting drawn into the story, you have this bleeding oh, heart. Oh, God, yeah, you feel everything that's going on for them. And it's, it's, way beyond just sympathy right oh yeah way beyond because you're actually feeling it and the, yeah. the, the thing is with empaths is you don't necessarily know what's yours and what's not we're never taught that things that you're aware of aren't yours yeah to distinguish that there it is possible for that feeling that headache even that backache to not belong to you and really, that's a great tool for everybody to take away from tonight is, and I give it to almost all my clients, is really asking when you're aware of something, truth, is it mine? Who does this belong to? And you'll be surprised, like 98% of the stuff you're aware of, especially if you're an empath on steroids like me, are not Got yours. nothing to, to do with you. Exactly. In fact, right. I learned fairly early on in my awakening journey after I became conscious to what's happening in the fact that I am in fact gifted and I was just repressing things, uh, I learned early on that it was helpful for me to ask for the divine quality of grace to run through my aura continuously because it acts like this Teflon. And so I can have people come into my aura. Healers have huge, ginormous, sticky, wonderful auras. Um, which is why the grocery store and Walmart can be so challenging for some of us. Sure. Uh, but if I run grace when I'm in one of those situations, the people who need to come and be near me will just flock around and come and be near me and I can do my thing. I can walk out of the store and they've dropped what they need to drop and none of it stuck to me. <laughs> right. When we do our inner work and we get to the place of not aligning and agreeing with or resisting reacting to things your bubble becomes like teflon you know what yep. sticks but it doesn't it doesn't stick or it hits but it doesn't <laughs> stick i should say but yeah. that's that's what all things that fast tracked my drinking and i remember that the day before i ended up getting sober i just said that that demand to the universe help me and i i say demand because i believe that and i'll give an example for my son max he came up to me and he said daddy can i have some chocolate and i go absolutely not and he goes, what, Oliver had chocolate? I'm like, Oliver didn't ask. So like when, when you're dealing with the universe, it's like your declaration of will into the universe. There is no answer other than yes. Yes, I, I call it commanding. As opposed, right. A lot of times when we approach God or the universe or whatever name you want to use for it, we come from this position of supplicant. Oh, I know I'm not worthy, but would you please, you know, do me this amazing favor of, you know, fill in the blank, the, the job, my kid doesn't die, you know, my marriage heals, whatever your supplication is. And one of the things I discovered after I moved into my awakening and my healing is we are the divine. There's no supplication that has to happen here. You 
act like Captain Kirk and you say, <laughs> make it so. Right. I think that was Picard, but we'll get Picard. Yeah. Which, which are one of those Star Trek captain people. people. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and really, that's the, the thing. Like you're declaring your will in the universe. And my tradition of the Pakokuna, we call it Moon Knight. It's a combination of your will and your love. And one thing where we get tripped up with that, too, is we're not consistent in our choice. We'll choose one thing. And 30 seconds later, we're telling the universe something else. And 30 seconds later, we're telling the universe something else. And it's looking to say yes, but every time we change our mind, it's recapitulating all of existence to bring it to you. So consistency is a real big key. Super important, yes. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but basically, I between what I was doing for work and the situation with uh, my wife, I was fast tracking my addiction, and I was drinking copious amounts, like you know, multiple one and a half liter bottles of whiskey yeah. every week, and a gallon of wine going out to the bar every night. On top of that, it's a miracle I survived that it's part. A miracle you have a liver left, <laughs> and, right? And that that night, I was just like, you know, help me. And the next morning, I ended up having an emotional breakdown at work. I went to um, my doctor, got signed up, basically went out on uh, disability. Uh, being able to go into rehab. And I was all self-administered. They, I remember I went to one of those little free assessments and the guy's like, you know, so there's some times that we recommend, you know, we'll get you into rehab when, when we can and stuff. This is not one of those times you're going tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Let's pack your bags and we'll go, we'll walk down the hall right now. How does that sound? Right. And, so and, I, I'm curious, I want to backtrack a little bit in the sure. story here. What was it that brought you to that moment of help me? You know, part of it is I, with my wife being from Germany, uh, I knew that it was just around the corner that I was going to be going to Germany to bring her back. And my drinking had escalated so much. It's just like, well, what is she really getting into? Yeah. She married this guy and then here's the bait and switch. Like I'm, I'm like beyond, you know, just out of my mind. Uh, they say it's like self will run riot. Right. And it was in part that it's just like, well, is this who I want to be for the people around me? Yeah. And, and not just not just for her, but for everybody around me, I had hidden it. Even my therapist thought I was sober for a year. I, the only days that I didn't drink was one day before I would go to my normal therapy appointment so that she wouldn't pick up on the fact that I was still drinking. I was fooling everyone, fooling everyone but me. I knew I had a problem and I was out of control. So like it really got to that point where like I'm either going to live or die is really what it came down to. I was so far gone. I would even bring a shot of whiskey into the shower with me because those little stand-up showers, the little shelf, that's obviously what those little shelves are what for. What that shelf is right. for, exactly. Yeah, for the, the hair of the dog just sits right there. <laughs> you can uh, sedge your pits and take care of the hangover. Yeah. No. But I, I think that for addicts and for people, because we all have an addiction and it's an addiction to the illusion of duality, because in the absence of that, which you are not, that which you are is not. And so when we, we have this illusion of separation, it's all for context. And I was so far separated from having the awareness that, you know, we are all one, we are all the ocean, we're just waves of the ocean individualized. And I was so far disconnected with that, it was really a demand for me to get back in touch with myself to really to, to start recognizing, hey, it's not the kingdom of me, it's the kingdom of we. And it took many, many years after that moment to really start getting that experientially. But that's where I believe that a lot of people who have that rock bottom, they get to that point where they're like, obviously, it's not working me thinking I'm out here by myself, maybe I should invite something else inside of me. And that something else is creator, source, God, whatever word you want to use for it. The point is that you recognize, hey, maybe it's easier with than just for yeah, or maybe it's possible with when it's not yeah. without. I know 
my moment of awakening arrived basically on death's door. I was in the last stages of chronic Lyme disease and I had no way to get out of the situation. And so I finally just surrendered and invited the divine to uh, lead it. <laughs> lead this thing, would you please? Because I clearly don't have the answers. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, and that's where the, that's really the energy of surrendering because there's these waves of energy in this Kase Pacha, this field of living energy, and we're fighting against the world around us. And when you can kind of learn to go with the flow, things become ease, joy, and glory, which is one of the mantras of a modality practice called access consciousness. All of life comes to me with ease and joy joy and glory, glory. the good, the bad, the ugly, whatever shows up can come with ease. And I really can, I experienced that in my life today. It was white knuckling it for quite some time because just because you get sober does not mean you're actually like better. Like I was a yeah. dry drug for a good year before I started really doing my work. And it was a mantra that made all the difference in the world to me. My sponsor had told me in the middle of having a little self-pity moment, uh, thinking, oh my gosh, this one person that's so close to me has the same drinking habits as me. I wish I could help them. He says, no, you stop right there. You say, I'm so grateful that I'm in a place of sobriety that if and when they're ready to have help, I can be a service. Oh, and, I love that mind shift. Yeah. So the mind, the mantra for a year was self-pity and gratitude cannot coexist. And mm-hmm. everything I found myself where I was in a negative headspace, I would, I would play this trick, but you know, it wasn't, I was just doing a word game at first. I didn't actually feel grateful. I just said, well, this is stupid, but I'm going to do what I'm told because everything else I was doing isn't working. And so for a year, I stuck with it and everything that came up, I would just do this little word trick game, put it into a positive space. And then there was a shift that happened right around my one year sobriety date where I started to be grateful. Yes, because you need to wear new pathways. You need to wear new pathways in place when you have these old coping habits. I know for myself, I was sick for so long. <clears throat> when I tried to set a positive vision for myself, I, I didn't know what it looked like. I, I, what does it mean to not be tired? What does it mean to not be you know sick all the time? It took me a long time to get to the place of words like vitality and radiant health and vigor. These are the things that were missing from my life. And I I had a terrible time even accessing that when I was at the depths of my sickness because I'd been sick for so long. And, you know, for people who are listening or watching uh, that don't know like that feel like it's really overwhelming to get started, there's this wonderful tool that I've learned called the rule of 51%. You just desire it more than you don't. And as long as you have just that little bit that's to start tipping the scale, you will start to pick up this forward momentum. And the other big thing, don't ask the question why. Why is like the looping question. And the oh universe says, here's another example of why. Here's another here's example why. of why. Here's right. why. Yeah. Ask the question you really want answered. Right. Why it, doesn't get you anywhere. <laughs> it doesn't. But the question that can start to get you out of that is what else is possible here? Mm-hmm. And then the universe will give you a different possibility because obviously fooling everybody thinking that I was sober for a year didn't do it, but actually yeah. saying universe, I'll let you in now, help me. I'm willing to receive your contribution. And you know, that's the number one problem that I think everybody has. Everybody that comes to me for healing on some level has issues with receiving. And it's just the way that we're taught that, you oh, know, it's yeah. not right to receive. If you receive it's out of obligation and you have to do something back, but like pure yeah, kindness. Or, or it's is- selfish, right? 
Yeah. Especially with women, we get this, the selfish card gets played on us a lot. Right. Well, and I would invite everybody to elevate the idea of selfish to self first. And by self first, I do not mean at the expense of another aspect of divinity. It's like really self first to be like truly, you know, doing it for you so you can be a better service to creation. That's the self first I'm talking about. Selfish is when you're, it's like the ego part where you're not acknowledging the kingdom of we. Yeah, exactly. What was, there was a really good saying I ran into the other day. It went something to, I'm going to butcher it, but here it goes. (laughs) Something to the effect of you cannot be sick enough to heal others. Meaning you've got to heal, physician, heal yourself first. Then you're in a position to extend a hand to somebody else. But if, while you continue to neglect your own health, you're not filling up the world. There's that, but there's also something I got from Neil Donald Walsh that says the fastest way to acquire something is to cause another to have it. So if you are in the space where you are in need of something, quote unquote need, I put that in quotation marks because as an (laughs) infinite being, is there anything you ever need? But the fastest way to receive something in your life is to cause another to have it. So if you're looking for abundance or peace and calm, like what would it be? Because you're acknowledging that you have it to give. I I use that all the time. If I'm short in a place, if if it's like, oh, well, the money is tight or whatever. It's time for me to release money into the world. Yeah, we call that in shamanism, I need divine reciprocity. And it's that ever, that easy flow of bringing energy in and letting it go with as much ease as which it can. Yeah, that's beautiful. Well, I really want to hear how your, your stint in rehab goes and how you eventually arrive on this road of shamanism (laughs) Uh, but we are up on our very first break already can you believe it so if you are out there listening to us i would invite you to get your pen and paper and hank had a quote earlier that i thought was a real writer downer is self-pity and gratitude cannot coexist Uh, so i would invite you to take your pen and paper and explore what you have in this moment in your life right now to be grateful for. It can be big things, it can be small things, but start the list and hang with us. We'll be right back from the break. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Hey, beautiful soul, Sophia Renea Morales here. I've been doing Sovereign Self for over a year now, and I would like to hear from you. Tell me what you want to hear in coming shows. Go to TellZofia, that's T-E-L-L-Z-O-F-I-A.com. Drop me a quick note and let me know. How has this show supported you? Where should we go next? Or are you perfectly content with where we're going at the moment? That's TellZofia.com. Your opinion is critical in informing where I take the show next. Thank you so much and live soul first. In a Realm is a free monthly holistic health magazine that promotes total health and wellness of body, mind, and spirit. We're a much-loved community resource for both alternative and traditional healing. We're in our 24th year of educating our readers about innovative therapies aimed at stress reduction, emotional healing, diet modification, energy healing, body movement therapies like yoga and tai chi, and so much more. Restore your soul, find your balance, and elevate your life with Inner Realm. Find us at innerrealmmagazine.com. Get Unchained 
Tune in every Monday for Jane Unchained on the Voice America Influencers Channel, featuring nationally recognized, best-selling author, TV journalist, and social media influencer, Jane Velez Mitchell. This program takes you inside a trending lifestyle that's the next wave of human evolution. It all starts on your plate. If you want to revolutionize your life, get happier, more energized, then discover the secret. Tune in to Jane Unchained Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. You are listening to Sovereign Self with Sophia Renea Morales. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksophia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. Thanks for hanging in with us through the break. This is Sophia Renea Morales, and I am still here with the amazing sonic shaman, Hank Satala. And uh, before we went to break, you were telling us about having started moving into recovery and some of the awarenesses that came to you. Um, I love that it, that you stuck with it for a year, this moving from self-pity into gratitude. Because a lot of us, I know I'm, I tend to be kind of part of this microwave society. It's like, okay, I'm going to say an affirmation or bring on a new mantra and initially it feels so clunky and unnatural and it's like it it shouldn't feel this way right the judgment in the brain kicks in it shouldn't feel this way i don't think it's working (laughs) right and we like instant gratification right but i i drank for years and years and years and then i you know got sober and a lot of people expect to have instant results and instant results are possible so don't get me wrong with that but it's very important to stay the course and if you don't see the results to have that good orderly direction you'll find that i'm an acronym nerd right so (laughs) an acronym for for god good orderly direction and Ah. kick the the ego which is edging god out and that was really the recipe of how i got through that first year i went to a meeting every day and then on my one year anniversary i went to an actual 12-step weekend which was where i actually started diving in and doing my inner work because up until then i was just going to meetings and saying my little self-pity and gratitude cannot coexist, but the weekend was taking a deep dive into the actual stuff going on that led me to drinking in the first place. It sounds like that that first year you were just kind of white knuckling it, by God, I'm going to do this. (laughs) Right. Because I mean, obviously things weren't working out uh, up until that point. And now my wife was also living here in the States and I was still I I still continued through going through therapy and the dual diagnosis continued a little bit when I went back to work because I wanted to anchor skill sets. But one of the biggest things that also came to to about that, well, actually, I'm getting ahead of myself because that's a little bit after the first year, but the the 12-step weekend, and I would invite everybody to take a look at the 12 steps because it was inspired from the mystery schools in India. There was a a guy named Raymond Cassidy who who founded the, uh, he was uh, friends with, uh, Dr. Bob, who founded AA, 
But Raymond Cassidy went to the mystery schools in India, came back, founded Rishi's Metaphysical Institute, which is a school here in Cleveland. And it was all, the whole steps was all really inspired by this work. So though it has like this connotation of, you know, it's useful for if you have an addiction, the steps and the, the work there can be applicable to everybody. But Absolutely. a lot of people shy away because like, I'm not a drunk or an alcoholic. Well, I don't need that. Our, our addiction is to this world of separation, right? right? I, I am me in this little tiny unit and I don't impact anybody else. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you are the change. <laughs> yeah. And the 12 steps in a nutshell, um, it's basically recognizing that you're, you're the kingdom of we, not the kingdom of me. And asking yourself this question, when have I ever judged somebody else or judged another? And that is every place where we have created these blocks that block us off from divinity. And it's kind of like you're identifying all the bricks in the wall that blocked you off from the idea that we're one. And then when you share all the, like who was affected by that, you're, you're basically setting up to be able to process all the things you need to process to free yourself of these heavy things weighing you down. Absolutely. And when you share them with somebody else, you can't hide them anymore. So it's like loosening all the mortars so you can take down the wall and actually start to step into that oneness space where you really have so much more possibility. Exactly. So was there a particular turning point or a moment of clarity as you're going through this process where you really, it really came home to you? You know, you're a spiritual being. <laughs> you know, I've always known that though. Like it, as a kid, I always had this knowing of it. I had just really forgotten it. But, but it was like really going through and doing that process. It just it just lightened me up so much because you don't realize you're holding, you're using way more energy blocking yourself off from the divine than if you were to be in the flow. And once you just have the little bit of effort to start taking that wall down, and that's what happened for me. I, I went through and I actually did the work. It's just, you have to make the choice, but you don't have to do anything. I would invite everybody make yeah. the choice to commit, Hey, I'm going to do these steps, A, B, and C. I'm going to get them done. How do I feel afterwards? And after I had done that, it was just like this weight was lifted off. And it was literally like, I got put into a slingshot of possibility. Like right after that, I ended up taking Reiki one through master, wanting to going to Lilydale, doing a two-year program of developing mediumship and healing gifts. And it was just like this explosion of possibility. And I've never slowed down since. Yeah. It's, I find that there is a moment where you kind of commit to approaching life differently. Was there something in particular that led up to you going, yeah, yeah. You know, there was, um, one of the places I went for my therapy, they had on the other side, a holistic center. And there was a reader named Barbara Sanson. She's a Lilydale medium who is also like the head of the healing temple. She was doing readings and I had never really had a reading before. And I signed up uh, a session for myself and for my wife. And every single thing that she hit on was like right on the money, right on the money up until the very last thing. She said, oh, your grandpa's here in spirit. And he says, there's a gift for you. And it's this beautiful knife. And I'm like, no, it was a belt buckle, but my grandpa or my brother stole it for drug money. And she's like, no, he says it's a knife. And she, he's explaining, she's explaining <laughs> she it. Describing it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then, uh, and so I'm like, well, all that was well and good. But so she just missed the one thing. It wasn't a big deal. But at the very end, she's like, what do you really need to know? Are you psychic? Yes. Incredibly so. Get yourself some training. Go to Lilydale. Start helping people. I go home and I tell my mom about the reading. And then she goes, oh my God. And I'm like, what? <laughs> 
and she said that you know there was a knife that had been intended for my brother but because he had stolen what was my was supposed to be my gift she had intended to give it to me and had forgotten about it and when she and when she got this knife out it was like a spot on every single thing she had described and that's when i knew i'm like okay i'm not crazy all the stuff that I think I know that I shouldn't know and all these things, I'm not crazy. I'm going to listen. And I ended up going to Lilydale. And at the same time, I also, from another experience, ended up getting my first Reiki session, which helped immensely and started going to Reiki. So it was like both yeah. things, the, the mediumship and the healing things, both messages within the same month and started my path to really start learning tools to put things in a framework where I could use them and actually start helping myself and for other people. I love that. Um, and I love that she just leaned into it and continued oh, to yeah. describe what she was seeing. A lot of, I, I help folks who are moving into their gifts and starting to do readings and this kind of thing. And that's one of the things that I will repeat and repeat and repeat. But the client said, they no, just share what you see and it will they will figure it out later. They'll figure out what the significance was or the detail or it will, become clear after they've left your presence. So don't yeah. worry about if the client pushes back and goes, oh, no, I don't think. Just share what you see and trust that you've received accurate yeah. information. Yeah. My one teacher, Elaine Thomas, would say, link, don't think. Because yes. when you start thinking about it, you and we had to do all, like for that program, you had to do 70 documented readings and healings within the two years, each year. Yeah. And, and you, the people would fill out feedback forms. And we were talking about hummingbirds before we, we went on air. And one time there was this, like this reading, there was all this amazing information and like a hummingbird came up just one little time. And then on their sheet, they wrote down the most significant thing was the hummingbird. So we, we, we want to get validation, but really we don't know what we're saying, like what resonates with the person. And really, is it for us to judge or is it for us to be the conduit for them to get the information and come to their own awareness of what this might mean for them and their healing journey? Absolutely. And sometimes it seems really like weird and frivolous. One of the earliest readings I remember doing for somebody um, after I'd opened the session, the first thing that I got was like these crazy kind of Greek Roman looking sandals, but they had butterflies on the toe. I'm like, I don't know what that's about, but you know, I shared it with the, the client and she's like, oh, my grandmother gave me those. <laughs> okay. <Yep. laughs> there you go. Sign from grandma. <laughs> Yeah, it's really amazing. Or sometimes people don't recognize the spirit. But by the end of the session, I had one just the other day, first spirit that came through, they couldn't take. By the time we got to the end, just asking another question, they're like, Oh, I know who that is now. And like, it was the person who most recently died, and they just didn't put two to do together. Two two it, together it, yeah. it's, it's really amazing how spirit works. And even when you're 100% wrong. Well, let me preface this. I'm really oh. glad spirit gave me the heads up. Because Spirit said, I was doing public mediumship at one of the churches where I was doing practice sessions. And Spirit said, you're going to get up, you're going to go to this person, and every single thing you say is going to be 100% wrong. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, really? Why, why would yeah. we do this? <laughs> right. So I, I, I went up and I gave my first two readings, everything spot on. Then I go to this because Spirit told me, so I'm trusting. I go there. Every single thing was a miss, 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 miss. And after afterwards, this boy came up to me, and and even though I was like a student at the time, they looked at me as a professional, and sure. they came up and said, you know, I've always wanted to do this work, and if someone like you could have an off day every once in a while, maybe it's okay, and I can be do this work too. So uh... even. <laughs> Even when the message is wrong, like oftentimes there is a, a golden tapestry plan that you might not really see what, you know, how Why? these things are connected. Yeah. 
but maybe the wrong message was the right message. So really trusting and not judging it is like huge key and not judging yourself for anything because judgment is like the number one thing that gets in the way for us to receive from the universe. Oh, and it'll shut it right down. Yeah. Love that. So let's see. We talked a little bit about turning points. What would you... What advice would you give someone who's relatively new to spirituality and the healing, the journey that goes along with awakening like this? Be the question. Be the question. Do tell. (laughs) So in Access, we teach that when you have answers, you're in solidity and conclusion and definition. And so what you really would like to ask is, what do I truly know about this? And not What are other people expecting me to believe about this? But putting all those projections and expectations and judgments and conclusions aside, what do I really know about this? And you'll find that you're, as an infinite being, you have infinite ability to perceive, know, be, and receive. You have the information and it comes as a subtle subtle thing from within. And if you're new to it, start testing it out by just feeling what's heavy and light in your world. If I choose this five years from now, how does my life feel? Mm. And, and if you ask that in, your, in five years, it feels lighter and something else feels heavier. If you start choosing what's light in your life, you're going to start creating this uh, possibility. If five years out, you don't feel a difference. The question, whatever the choice is, is probably not so relevant, but really asking, what do I know? And then asking the question, if I choose this, what does my life feel like in five years? Those two little tools can really start you out to get to trust your knowing and also start to choose things that are actually going to be a contribution into your life instead of you know, causing more strife. And I did do that corny rhyme on purpose. I love that. (laughs) I love that. That's amazing advice. I found early on in my journey that it's all about the questions you ask. It's all about the questions. If you're asking, what do I want to say? Forward moving questions. Like what's my next optimal step, right? What good is coming out of it? Where is the gift what is the gift in what's happening right now? You will get those answers and they'll pull you forward. They'll lift you up and they'll give you direction. Whereas the one you mentioned earlier, why, (laughs) why me? It's just not fruitful. (laughs) And there's a couple really good questions that access that create these upward spirals of possibility. Like how does it get any better than this? You ask Mm -hmm. that to the universe, it will show you. If you feel stuck, what else is possible? If you're in self-judgment, what's right about this? I'm not getting. They're all questions that we bring us to a new awareness so we can have a different choice. But I if you love those questions, yeah. those are fabulous ones. Yeah, but if you ever get an answer, immediately ask another question because once you hit an answer, you have reached a definition, a conclusion, a solidity, and you're stepping out of the space of possibility. So always yeah. be that asking that next question to get that next awareness to make that next choice to ask that next question. And you really start to be the question and things just start showing up in the most amazing ways. All life comes with ease and joy and glory. It does, doesn't it? Yeah, I got an early lesson on asking the right questions as I was going through my recovery from this Lyme disease thing. I contacted the insurance company to understand what they were going to cover, and it was all kind of bad news. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I thought to myself, I didn't even say it out loud, I just thought to myself, oh my God, can it get any worse? Which is like exactly the wrong question to ask. And life immediately answered that question because the lady on the other end of the phone said, oh, yes, and you should know your physician's no longer in network. (laughs) Oh, 
It's like, here's your object lesson. Ask a better question. <laughs> yeah. And if you don't know what question to ask, ask what question could I ask here that would create the space? More possibility. possibility. Yeah. And you will get the question. And if you really don't know, and you really need assistance, there's people like me out there and yourself that if you reach out, there's people that actually help people through these things. You're not in it alone. And yeah. see, then and, ask the and question, you don't get brownie points for being in it right. alone either. <laughs> right. And then, then ask the question, well, who could I go to that would create the most or create a different possibility for me? And you'll find people that resonate with you. Like I bring, I attract people who come from lines of addiction that have abuse issues because I have that medicine for them because of what I've gone through. And you'll find the people that resonate that have the medicine for you. You just got to ask the question. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The questions activate like everything as far as I'm concerned. So what advice do you have for people speaking of addiction uh, who have a loved one who's struggling with something addictive in their life, whether it's a traditional quote unquote substance problem, or if it's an addiction to work or being right or, or whatever, the shopping, <laughs> right? Yeah. I know it's so hard to watch somebody move through that journey. What advice do you have for people? Well, How can you actually help instead of enable? Well, one, do self-care for yourself and get yourself some tools and things. But the, the biggest thing is really be the invitation for them to change. Don't be the force for them to change because a duality truth is for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. When you're trying to force them to get sober or force a change, you're just butting heads against them. But if you stop fighting it, you're an allowance of where they're at. You could be the space for them to step into a different possibility. And that doesn't mean you don't do anything. You, well, you also want to, you know, don't enable them. And, yeah, and, I was going to say, give me kind of a concrete example yeah. of this, because it's, it seems kind of airy fairy. It's like, yeah, that's a nice theory. But when it comes to brass tacks, how does it work when I'm interacting with someone? Yeah. No, but it really is. You got to be the space of allowance that you're not in judgment of what they're choosing. Their right. soul is choosing some very interesting contrast right now. Mm -hmm. And the best, the best role I can be is to not make choices that are enabling them to continue to choose that, but not from a space of stop. It's from the space that this isn't working for me and I'm not going to participate in this role anymore. There's a whole different energy. One is the space of invitation and one is like a forcing, hey, you got to change, you got to get out because, you know, there's a whole different energy to it. And people will fight that energy and they just got to get there on their own, be the space of possibility. Mm, I love that. So we are already up on our second break, whether you believe it or not. Um, and what I would like to invite you to do if you're out there joining us today that pen and paper you were using earlier to write down your gratitudes. And I hope you got a nice, long, juicy list. And even if you didn't get a nice, long, juicy list, if you put something on that list, I celebrate you. Um, but what I'd invite you to do now is to take a look at some questions you'd like to begin asking. If you have not been asking very good questions up to this point, and even if you have, you can always refine and do better with the questions that you ask in your life. So make a few lists of those questions so you have them available in the moment when you're faced with something you'd rather not have. <laughs> <laughs> because it's hard to come up with them at that time if you haven't come up with them previously. So prepare yourself and we'll be right back from the break.
Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. Hey, beautiful soul. Sophia Renea Morales here. I've been doing Sovereign Self for over a year now, and I would like to hear from you. Tell me what you want to hear in coming shows. Leave a quick voice message at 520-261-6827 and let me know. How has the show supported you? Where should we go next? Or are you perfectly content with where we're going at the moment? That number, 520-261-6827. Thank you so much for your feedback. It's crucial in informing where I take the show next. Thank you and go out and live soul first. It's time to unlock some of the best kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We get Guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. Sustainable success is just around the corner. If you are an entrepreneur, business leader, or anybody looking for their next level of success, tune into Sustainable Success with host Chris Salem. Did you know that the path to success is a long path that started many years ago? The path you started on then determines what is happening now. Chris and his amazing guests in their field will help you navigate the path to sustainable success every Thursday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are listening to Sovereign Self with Sophia Renea Morales. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksophia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. Thanks for hanging in with us through the break. This is Sophia Renee Morales, and I'm here, still here with the Sonic Shaman, Hank Satala. And uh, I hope your list of questions went well. Mine went amazingly. (laughs) We were discussing uh, the show and how it felt over the break. And Hank suggested an amazing question for me, which I'm going to share with you guys because it's always good to have amazing questions. And you can tell me if I wrote it down wrong because I... (laughs) I was in I was in flow, not in my mind. Uh, the question was, what would it take to be in this flow in all parts of my life? That is it. And then we could also add to that every place that doesn't allow you to be that will destroy it and create it. And you're just putting the energy out that whatever would stop you, you're taking care of right now. You're just poof. <laughs> yeah, get out the magic intention wand. <laughs> yeah, we actually call it pot and pot, point of destruction, point of creation, the place where you had to destroy yourself as an infinite being in order to buy the limitations that would stop you, or where did you have to create lies and illusions in order yes. to buy not choosing it. And so we call it like the superheroes of consciousness, the magic wand that can change anything. There you go. The, the zero point is what I call that. <laughs> right. Uh, and this is from the Tools of Access Consciousness, so it's just a pot and pot. It's a short version of a much longer clearing statement, which I won't bore the listeners with in this exactly. episode anyway. Exactly. And 
I I love that you brought up that shortened version of the clearing statement because I one of the things I noticed as I was becoming a healer and growing in my modalities and this sort of thing was after I had learned and begun to embody some of the techniques and and the things that I use I got to a point where it was not strictly speaking necessary to go through all of the physical motions mm. the same way as it used to be. I could set the intention for to set off a, a series of healing events instead of having to actually physically go through the motions, which was like, wow, that's super cool. <laughs> yeah, it's like spiritual muscle memory or morphic fields, collective consciousness that builds up however you want to look at it. Like when you do that work that long, there's a potency that gets created just from the repetition of doing it. Yeah, absolutely. It's absolutely incredible. I love that. And it, it makes it helpful when you're juggling many clients as well. <laughs> right. And that's what helped me with the, just staying the course with self-pity and gratitude cannot coexist. There was a tipping point where there was a morphic field and I started to be the gratitude. And if you can stay the course and really just create those morphic fields and, and, and keep on with it, miracles can happen. Yeah. And miracles are amazing. I've noticed, or I, I've kind of categorized for myself that there are a couple of kinds of miracles that I run into. And the one that I think doesn't get enough credit is what I consider the divine feminine, the, the natural process miracle. Um, it's easy to look at the divine masculine expression of miracles, which is like, boom, against all <laughs> odds, there's the thing right there materialized. <laughs> um, but I've been making it a point as I'm moving through my world lately to pay close attention to the divine feminine miracles as they show up, the manifestations that come through normal, but maybe unexpected channels, these sorts of things. Um, having what, having sat with a lot of people in law of attraction and this kind of thing, there I've noticed there tends to be this kind of mindset of, well, if it didn't just magically materialize for free in your front yard, you mm -hmm. haven't manifested it. It's like, that's a super high bar. <laughs> and that's kind of leads perfectly into what I was going to say is that there's a difference between manifestation and actualization. And mm -hmm. if you put out to the universe, hey, I would lack abundance, but I'm only willing to have it in the way that I call paycheck, then you just handcuff the universe because it will only bring it to you the one way. Right. Or if you can only recognize it as a manifestation, right. if it does not come through the channel we call paycheck. Right. So yeah, <laughs> same either problem. Way, either yeah. way, actualization is that it shows up. And what space could we be to receive from the universe in any of the number of infinite ways that it could gift us? And yeah. that, and then what if there's miracles beyond the divine masculine and beyond the divine feminine? What if just even that label limits what you might be able to receive? Absolutely. Love that. Ooh. Oh, that feels yeah. wonderful. So how did you finally get into like shamanism and healing and this sort of thing? When was, was there like a moment where you went, oh, this, this is my thing? Or did you kind yeah. of accidentally arrive there pursuing your curiosity? Yeah, well, I just was on a mission to learn everything. But shamanism, the Pakokuna tradition of Peru is what really tied everything together for me. And my roommate, when I was going to the two-year program at Lilydale, his name was Dave, and he got to uh, travel the world with a gentleman named Ken Harsh, who's in spirit now, but he went to Peru, 
And he ended up getting, I wish I had brought them with me. I should have uh, had these ready for uh, to, to show on there. But um, there are these stones called chumpy stones. And he didn't, he didn't know what they were, but he ended up going from a whole bunch of different villages and he got one stone from this village and one stone from that village. And he had gotten them for himself. And then we're at our monthly class and spirit tells him, give them to Hank. And he's like, really? Cause I mean, he went to t- like 10 different places and picked these stones up from 10 different villages. And so I, I call those hitchhikers. Right. <laughs> it, it happens. I'll go to a show or whatever. It's like, buy me, buy me, buy me. And I get home and it'll just sit there as a lump. And then a client will walk through. It's like, yep. that's my human. Yep, that's who, you, that's who I just needed you to get me to where I was supposed to go. And uh, he, so he listens to spirit and he gifts them to me. And then he says, well, um, I'm a- I ask him, well, what do you do with them? He's like, I don't know. He never got any training. And so I started looking for a teacher and my teacher, his name Zane, wrote the book Inca Mountain Magic. And in that book, he has about the chumpy stones. So I reached out to him and I said, hey, could I, could I learn this from you, what these stones are for? And he said, well, sure, but it's part of an apprenticeship. And so it's not something I can just teach you. There's a lot of work that has to build up to that. So I said, well, what's involved in that? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, well, we need this many people and it takes this many, it's like seven weekends and all this. So I started hosting them over about a year for like one day and two day workshops to get enough people to hold the apprenticeship. And now every year I've been hosting them for an apprenticeship program. And just from the very first ceremony, from the very first class that I've ever uh, had with them, when we chanted Pachamama, which would be chanted Pachamama, which is the chant for Mother Earth. Mm-hmm. It just resonated in my soul and I knew, oh, this is what what's gonna bring it I'm, all together. I am home, yeah. Yeah, and, and it just clicked and then every single, other thing that I've learned has all been able to fit into the weaving of the Paco Kuna traditions of Peru. Every it's like the one container to hold them all, like Lord of the Rings, one ring to rule yeah. them all. I I love that you blend a lot of modalities together. I'm I'm of that same mindset that it's like there are tools are not exclusive of each other. They they work together. There are synergies that happen when you bring disparate traditions and and. Uh, I want to say ritual and this sort of thing together. So how did you start uh, blending your modalities? You know, it just really happened quite naturally. But the story that really made me consciously do it, I was driving my kids to daycare and this hawk. And up until this point, I had really honored the tradition. I was either wearing the shaman hat or I was wearing the Reiki hat or wearing the sound healer hat. And I was driving them to school or uh, daycare or whatnot. And this red-tailed hawk swooped so close to my car. I had to slam on the brakes to not hit it. It was maybe within an inch. And it just gazed at me. I made eye contact with this hawk. And in that moment, I heard Sonic Shaman. And that was that moment that I started to really blend the traditions and all everything together. And, and really, as a healer, you meet the client where they're at and whatever tool that requires, or maybe it requires you to make something up. Maybe what's, what's required doesn't exist in this reality yet. And being trusting your knowing enough to bring through new information for something that's going to actually help somebody. Absolutely. How does that knowing show up for you when you're in a session with someone? Take it, us, take us behind the curtain. Yeah. Well, I, it's usually just, it literally comes through as a knowing it's almost like you're remembering something It comes through as a memory. And that's why if you are someone that's like a clear cognizant person, you have a hard time trusting it because it's not like you're seeing the spirit or hearing the spirit or even feeling an emotion. It's just a knowing and it's really hard to trust that sometimes. And it just takes doing a lot of practice and having those experiences like the hummingbird uh, and the one reading I had. Or And I, like, I think it takes us back to that discernment again. Yeah. 
because yeah. I knowing is like my main channel. And it, it took right. a while, but it feels different. It does feel me. different. I don't know if it feels different, but it feels distinctly different to me. It does. And in different areas of your life, you might have more clarity than others because the voice of the ego only knows past data. The voice of that knows future possibility. And sometimes there's a little bit of a muddling depending if where the knowledge is coming through. If that's an area that you still have some work to do, it can be a little bit more muddled. But if you've done mm -hmm. the work in that area, it's like clear as day. You know that you know that you know, and there's no doubt. Yeah. And you just go with it. <laughs> yep. So I know you brought a gift with you for the listeners today. What was the gift that you brought? Yeah. So on my website, there is a, it's, it's as I forgive me, it is an acronym for really a metaphysical approach to inner work. So like the first one is awareness. The next one is surrender. It's a whole process of doing your inner work, but not from the point of view where you have an addiction other than to the polarity of duality. Yes. <laughs> uh, but, but really it is a fast track way to approach the inner work and to get rid of it. It's not about getting rid of your, your heaviness. It's about taking the trauma and drama of your life, enlightening that to be the fuel for your future possibilities. It's like this fuel that, that you put into the hot air balloon and add to the heat to raise you up into the next dimension. Every single trauma and drama of your life is a beautiful gift that can be used for a future possibility. I love that. And I love transmuting that sort of thing into the gift that it is. Um, if you're interested in getting As I Forgive Me, uh, you can go to sovereignself.media sovereignself.media and Hank's uh, contact information as well as his gift information will be up at the top of that page. So go out there, get yourself a little as I forgive me <laughs> and uh, see what it'll do for your life. You know, none of these things are you married to, but it's always nice to date a lot of different tools to <laughs> find the ones that really land. <laughs> right. And then always ask what else is possible, because if you ever settle for anything, you just stop growing. So always be asking, how does it get any better than this? What else is possible? What energy could I be today to have more of me and express more of me into the world than any day before? Absolutely. So out of the modalities that you've uh, experienced and learned and crafted over the years, is there one in particular that you find is most beneficial to start you know, with? Ooh, to start with, now you just changed the whole question. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, you can answer yeah. the other question too. <laughs> yeah. for, for people just starting, I'm a CFMW of Access Consciousness. Access is a modern contemporary approach to things. And uh, it really is great for especially us in, in the Western world uh, that are very mental. It's a great modality. Yeah. But mm -hmm. for me, having worked with it all, the Paco Kuna tradition is so versatile and flexible, probably a lot more work to, to get to be proficient in it, but that, ha that has the, the means to change any situation as well. They're really, it's, it's really the same data presented in two different ways. Uh, and so pick what resonates with you, you know, mm. like what, what's going to create more access or the Paco Kuna tradition through, it's a lot of the same stuff, different vocabulary, uh, just and presented in a very different way. Yeah. One of the interesting things I've noticed as I've learned additional modalities and and experienced healings with other folks is that a lot of times you're you're solving the same problem. You're just using a different mental um, what do I want to say mental construct to address it. And yeah. all you need is a construct really to be able to address yeah. it. It's like just what framework do you need to put around the energy to move it along? 
Yeah, and, absolutely. And, and before that, even just the willingness to even look at it, because it's the things that we're vulnerable for that we can heal from. It's the things that we keep hidden that really mess us up. So like be, be, be a um, kindness to you to be vulnerable. On that note, I will say, amen, brother, preach it. <laughs> and we've reached the end of our show today. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure to have you, Hank. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And it's, it's been a it's been a pleasure to have this conversation for all of you out there in listener land. Uh, send me an email at askzofia, A-S-K-Z-O-F-I-A at transformationspace.co. Let me know what you thought of the show, if there's anything else you'd like to deep, deeper, dig deeper in or any questions. And until next week, go out and live soul first. Thank you for being a part of our program this week. Sovereign Self can be heard live every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Please join host Sophia Renea Morales again next week, right here 